I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. My God. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? And welcome back, everybody, for not quite an emergency 5.5 podcast, but I guess uh, a I hope something happens in the next hour or so that we're recording 5.5 podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, and alongside my buddy, Eric LeBou. Welcome back, Eric. Dude, I'm here. I have Twitter open. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly scrolling and refreshing, just as I've been doing for the last three months, it feels like. But especially this last week, I've been glued to my phone checking these reports. I would say the last 12, actually closer to about 24 hours now, I have been constantly refreshing my phone. I have John Heyman, uh, <laughs> MLB Trade Rumors, Ken Rosenthal, Bob Nightingale, Dennis Lynn, Kevin AC, all on alert right now. Wow, you went AC too. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I figured, you know, if he's... The thing is, we all know that if, if a story's going to break, it's going to come from AC. It's going to be him or Lynn, I think, really. I think it's going to be AC. I do too. Okay. I think so too. So, I can't bring myself to one, follow AC, <laughs> and two, set notifications for his tweets. Well, I absolutely refuse. I'm a devoted Padre fan, Eric, and if it means we're going to get Machado, sometimes you just got to... Take one in the rear and go for it. I, and that's I can't do That's exactly it. what I'm doing. I Once do we it. get Machado, if it does happen, or when they break our hearts inevitably, I will be turning off Kevin AC. <laughs> Dude, it's just it's crazy. I can't believe you have that many people on on uh, notifications. That's, I that's hate insane. you, by the way, because normally I would be like, hey, you know, I'll check MLB trade rumors and that's it. Yep. Now here I am on Twitter. Cue the uh, <laughs> cue the Tyrone Biggums meme. Y'all ain't got any more. Y'all got any more of those? Manny Machado rumors? I smoke rocks, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, man. I am dying for something. I really am. I really am. And you know this. So these these last few days, well, was it two two three weeks? I feel like so. There's kind of like a, a timeline. Right? Yeah, Where, I was, yeah. Let's let's go through the timeline because I brought it up uh, before we came on here. So let let's go through the timeline of the Padres offseason post uh, Grandpa Ian Kinsler signing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Man, I thought that was our big signing. It still might be. It still might be. <laughs> it might be. We might make a big expenditure for uh, for Garrett Richards. So let's look at the timeline. So really late, obviously, in the offseason, Kevin AC releases the uh, debt reduction gate happens, right? He releases right. the debt reduction article. People are pissed. Now, I had a theory about this that we were talking about before he came on in that I don't think there was any way to paint it in a positive light for ownership. I do think that they allowed AC to get the information to kind of placate us. And at least, I mean, informational to say, show them the information. Show them, here's what we've been doing. Here's what we've been spending on. Here's why we're spending on it. And here's how this helps us in the future. Right. And personally, yeah, I still would have been pissed off. But I think because of how AC wrote it and then him coming out and saying that, you know, they were, they basically called him and they were not happy with the way he presented it because of how incompetent he was in terms of instead of just reporting information, he's over here trying to craft a narrative out of it, the poor owners. If you look at that, right? So that happens and everybody is pissed for a full 48 hours to the point to where for about, I almost want to say a week, you had guys like Craig Calcaterra, who's reporting you know, for NBC Online, NBC Sports. Fangraphs had several articles on it. Uh, Twitter, uh, not uh, Twitter's own David Marvard, at Change the Padres. Yeah. 
He got on a nationally published podcast through Fangraphs to interview and basically throw the Padres under the bus for what they've been doing, which, you know, the national fan doesn't really realize, you know, what's going on team by team, right? So... Um, as Eric gets another alert here. Ken Rosenthal, White Sox remain strong factor along with Padres in Machado sweepstakes, oh, sources tell The Athletic. Machado is said to be first choice of both front offices in preference of Philly's front office as well, though ownerships in SD and Philly might not see it as convincingly. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Nonetheless, so, so debt reduction gate happens, right? And then we're getting all these... Uh, publicly put out their articles about you know what the Potters ownership are doing how this didn't paint them in a good light they're freaking furious right uh-huh. so then AC pivots and he releases this fluff article oh but I talked to Pete Seidler guys he says they're <laughs> gonna spend now they might not spend this year but they may but they're definitely gonna spend at some point maybe this year maybe next year maybe further down the line but they'll spend right okay great about a few days later a week later all of a sudden it was the Padres have contacted Dan Lozano, and they've talked to Dan Lozano. They're interested in Manny Machado. They're pursuing him aggressively. And, I mean, it was exciting, but we're like, eh, you know, because you didn't hear anything after that, right? So then the rumors died down about that. All of a sudden, it was Padres flying to Vegas to meet with Bryce Harper. Yeah. Wait, 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 what? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> right. What? And then that kind of dies down after a little while. We're thinking, oh, maybe that's dying down. You know, Harper's still holding out. It's been a little while. Padres still very much interested in Manny Machado. Machado hasn't gotten, a, you know, hasn't approved a meeting yet. And then all of a sudden, it's Preller flew to Miami to talk to Manny Machado and his wife. And now Reddit's rumoring that Ron Fowler is on a private jet flying there himself, right, to potentially either up the deal or discuss the numbers. So that's pretty much been the timeline since we got Ian Kinsler. Wait, did you say Fowler on the jet? Was it Fowler on the jet? So Fowler didn't go to Vegas. No, not Vegas, but. Miami. I, yeah, Miami. So Kevin Acey said that Ron Fowler was not, in fact, on a private jet on his way to Miami. Which, if anyone is going to know, it's going to be Kevin Acey. Yeah, but if anybody's going to smoke I, screen, it's also going to be Kevin Acey. Well, it's it's like I said. I think I told you, and I, I said it on uh, Craig Meddy's Periscope last night, that uh, <laughs> Kevin Acey had to come out from under un- Uncle Ron's desk <laughs> to pen the tweet saying that, no, he is not, in fact, on a private jet on his way to Miami. So, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's all kind of... I think it's all kind of like convenient timing. Like, am I the only one that notices that the Padres' interest in Machado especially, but really both of the guys, really started once they found out they can get him at a discount? It's like, hey... Which the, they really can if these numbers are true. Be- well, I know, but look, it's like, hey, the White Sox, uh, yeah, hey, man, they're they're offering Machado seven years, 175. And Padres like, what? <laughs> Here I come! And it's like... You know, Hold my that. beer! Yeah, I mean, to their credit, now when the price tag's going up and up, I mean, they're they're still in on it. So. I, I question the validity of the 7175 other than as a starting point. If that, yeah. I really honestly can't see a team offering him 7175 and realistically thinking they have a shot to get him. Right. I, I think that was just a leaked number by somebody to try to up the, uh, to try to create more um, bidding on him. And right. it, I mean, it may have worked, but I mean, really the reality is I think the Padres, regardless of that number... Number one, I do think they, you know, had legitimate interest once they found out that really his only suitors, the Yankees, don't seem to want anything to do with him, at least not on a long-term deal. So you can basically count them out. The other teams we would typically expect for these two guys, uh, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, you count them out. The Dodgers, this ownership group that they have right now, this well, not ownership group, but the front office that they have right now, has, just based on actions, not words, but actions, has seemingly 
stated that they're not going to go after the big fish. The only real big free agent they really ever, I think, pursued was Granky, and that was to retain him. Right. Because he was their free agent. He was leaving their roster. But that was it. They really, I mean, you know, their big free agent acquisitions have been Justin Turner, all-star player, right, but not Manny Machado. Uh, Rich Hill, very good player, but not, you know, not a top-of-the-rotation guy. Um, they let you Darvish walk. Uh, they let, you know, obviously they're letting Machado walk. They signed AJ Pollock and they flipped some contracts to create financial flexibility. This front office, uh, or this version of the Dodgers front office seems to be more concerned with short-term, long-term financial flexibility, roster flexibility, and not getting tied down to these long Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Kemp, Andre Ethier's contracts. So I think you can pretty much count them out for the most part. Because I think they're going to funnel funds to their stars. I think that's what the Yankees are doing. So you mean the Dodgers didn't want to keep Machado because he's a jerk and they saw firsthand? And it, I mean, it really says a lot that I don't if the Dodgers don't want to keep him. I don't think they gave a shit that he was played a little bit dirty. Mm-hmm. I mean, clubhouse-wise, anything you hear about Machado is from guys that have actually played with him is great. Anything else about him being a dirty player, not hustling? I mean, yes, he did some dirty stuff. I don't care for it. But I would let it fly if he's on my team. I'd right. live with it. But I think they just they value roster flexibility, financial flexibility, and I'm viewing them the way I'm starting to view the Yankees and how Cashman has kind of pivoted in that they're more focused on keeping developing their stars in house and then surrounding them with like AJ Pollock types or Alex Wood types or Rich Hill types where they're good free agents, but they're kind of like the they're the they're the mid market free agents, right? The middle class of free agents. They're not going to cost you you know two hundred million dollars. They're going to cost you maybe three years sixty million dollars. So, and I think that's what the Yankees are doing. I think they, I mean, they just locked up Severino. There's talks about Batances getting locked up. They have to save money because, you know, they've already spent a ton on Giancarlo Stanton. They had a ton of that contract. Aaron Judge is going to have to be get locked up at some point. I think he's arbitration eligible after this year. So, you know, at some point, the Yankees are going to have to start focusing on their in-house guys and figuring out who they want to keep and who they're going to move. So that knocks out, and the Cubs... The Cubs came out today and said, we don't have money. (laughs) Horse shit. We don't have any more to spend. Nonetheless... It's like the perfect storm. Dude. It is. It's this exa- is the only way the Padres will ever be this late into the game, still in on these guys. That's the only way it's going to happen. Is if those big, the big market teams, they either they don't have interest for one reason or another. Yeah, for all the reasons that you stated. And so now we're left with essentially for Machado, it's the Phillies, the Padres. I don't think the Phillies are in them. I think the Phillies are going to get Harper. I do too. I have a I have a strong feeling that the Phillies prefer. So then it comes down to us, as John Heyman so astutely pointed out, that there's two big-name free agents, and there's three teams. So judging by my math, I'm going to fact-check him here, and I'm going to make sure that this is right. One of the teams are not going to get a player. So it comes no. down to the Padres. And no, it comes no, no, down no, no. I White can't Sox. break out that way. There's two of them. Yeah, it comes down to the Padres and comes down to the White Sox for Machado. That's what I That's I do think the I Phillies think. are still in on him. And the reason I think that is because... Not so much the stupid money thing, which the owner was dumb to paint his GM in that in that corner. Yeah. Um, but I think the of of the teams here, the Phillies have the most to gain by signing one of the two, if not both, because they're maybe the strongest. The I think the NL East and the NL Central are the two stronger divisions. I think the Dodgers are going to cakewalk to the division again. Um, the Central's pretty strong, but I think the East. You know, the Mets. You could argue. I mean, whether or not you agree with them taking on that much salary and giving up legitimate prospects. I do think they got better, and they did make some other moves to get better. The Nationals, I think, are better. They picked up Corbin to add on to their already good starting rotation. They have a really good core already in place. Um, obviously, the Braves got better. They picked up Donaldson. They're adding McCann. Um, and they have really good young prospects that are going to be coming up to help uh, supplement the roster. So, you know, the Phillies have the most to gain. They, 
the Padres and the White Sox would be signing Machado and or Harper because they feel like in the next year to four, not this year, but from 2020 and then up to 2024, that five-year run, they're going to be playoff contenders. That's why they want to sign him. Right. The Phillies need to sign him this year if they realistically want to try to leapfrog the other teams that they have to beat out. They got to beat out the Mets. They got to beat out the Nationals. And they got to beat out the Braves, who are the defending uh, AL East champions. So that's a big jump. Now, they have made some good moves. McCutcheon's a good pickup. Segura's a good pickup. Real Muto's a really good pickup. But I don't think that leapfrogs them. I just think that brings them closer to even. So to me, the pressure is on them to get Machado or Harper. So which one they prefer, I don't know. But I think I think they're going to go after Harper because the marketing stuff. And let's be honest. He's he's a more likable player because there's less, other than the blow-ups at other players and umpires, there's less baggage that comes with Harper. So now that leaves Machado with only two losing teams left. They had three losing teams that were primarily interested. Now yeah. there's two. There's the White Sox. And there's the Padres. Which is funny because last year, like the, at this time of the year, actually he signed, I think it was a year ago yesterday, Eric Hosmer, the biggest name on the free agent market, came down to two losing teams, the Royals and the Padres. Now here we are for completely different reasons. It's come down to the Padres and essentially the White Sox, which, yeah, you can call them losing teams and that's factually accurate. But where both of those teams stand and really the Phillies, if you look at it that way, they're ready. Like they're 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 right on the brink, and they, they the need a guy. Yes. Yeah. They need a guy like either Harper or Machado to put them over the top. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. Uh, I think they come away with with Harper of of the guy. I think they come away with Harper, especially because they can pry him out of out of a division rival. Yeah. So, so really for Machado, and I don't know if we want to get into it later, but all the union stuff and you know the the players' salaries being kept down. I don't think Harper and Machado are affected by that. I think they're victim of circumstances in that the teams that would be spending on them, like the Cubs aren't going to go out and get him. I mean, yeah, they have Jason Hayward. They have a glut of outfielders. They have a ton of they have a ton of roster depth. The Dodgers aren't going to go out and get him. They have a ton of roster depth. The Yankees already have a right fielder who, yeah, maybe he hasn't had that one big year like Harper has. Actually, he has Giancarlo Stanton, but like Judge and Stanton to me are every bit as good as Bryce Harper. Right. In in my opinion, I I think I think Judge is right as of right now. I think he's better. He's been a little bit more. I mean, he's had two years, and I think his two years are better than what Bryce Harper has done outside of the MVP year. You can at me on that if you'd like, but I think I think at the <laughs> very Steven least, Woods. yeah, I think at the very least, oh, Woods is gonna agree with me. <laughs> but I think at the very least, you look at the Yankees and they're like, well, we got Hicks in center, we got Judge in right, we have Stanton in left, we just picked up you know re-signed Gardner, like. Do we really need Bryce Harper? Well, no. I mean, you take him, but you don't really need him. Machado would be the better fit there, but I think they're happy with Andujar for now, yeah. and that they're going to funnel that money into trying to, you know, re up with Aaron Judge eventually. So, uh, well, of course they would rather have Machado. Oh, of, of course, course, absolutely. But I, they're in the position now where they're like, hey, we'll offer you like they 7 just won a hundred games. Yeah. Well, they're like, hey, we'll offer you seven two twenty, and like take it or leave it. Like we're good without you. We're fine. Yeah. But if you want it, we'd love to have you. Yeah. That's kind of where they're at. Which God, dude, wouldn't that be nice to be in that position? <laughs> It's like, hey, <laughs> here's 220. Yeah. I mean, you can take it or leave it. Do you want it or no? Like, that's it. Yeah. So, so I mean, but and it still wouldn't surprise me if they end up swooping in and, and signing. It would surprise me at this point if what and, and we also mentioned I have alerts. I think I have alerts on for uh, Casavell, and and I trust Casavell because you know he's obviously traveling with the team. I think he's has more of an in with the team than AC would because. He's actually working for MLB.com. He's a AC gets all the scoops. Everyone knows that. The scoops, yes. But as far as like consistent and accurate reporting, I buy more into what Casavell would say. Because AC, well, I think the number's 250, but I don't know. Whereas Casavell flat out came out and said, like, 
whatever the number is, which I think he might have dropped that he might have been one of the ones to drop the 280s or whatever the number is, it is substantially high and it's unlikely to be topped. AC's not saying all that because he probably doesn't know. Casavell, meanwhile, or he's told not to say anything. True to that extent, perhaps. Good point. But if that's the case, I don't see the Padres losing out to a random team. I think it's the White Sox or it's the Padres. I think those are one of his two destinations. If what you were telling me last night, what they were releasing on Twitter about getting creative, you know, he lives in Florida, so you can't tax him in California for bonuses right. and payment deferrals. Right. So we give him the old Bobby Bonilla treatment. Hey, he's going to get paid for all the personal service contract. Right. He's going to get paid love, you know, nice outside of San Diego once he leaves, if he does end up you know, taking the entire contract. Plus, he gets a nice big fat signing bonus he can go put down somewhere. Um, and obviously, I mean, if they're offering him, what, 285? How much is that a year? 38, 37 and a half, 38 million? I'll take your word for it. I have I'm no not idea. That good at math. I, I'm not either. <laughs> I am not either. I talk for a living. Uh, but, I mean, if that's the case at this point, number one, I'm glad to hear the Potters are serious. I'm glad you're having to look completely foolish last year for saying, hey, ownership went out and got their man. You know, because yeah. about, about about 12 months ago to this day, uh, yesterday, I said, hey, I didn't like the Hosmer move particularly. I don't think it's a fit. I, I don't think it, it's a right direction to go in, but they I came out staunchly defending them well, because, on that emergency podcast. Because to me, whether I like the move or not, I can at least take a step back and say they identified somebody that they wanted. They wanted him. They made it clear from early, uh, early uh, on in the offseason, this is our guy. This is who we're going to pursue. They kept with it, and when they saw an opportunity to say, his market is crumbling, and we still have the money to do it, let's go get our guy. I think there's some, I think you know, I'm not going to say like apologize to them, but I think I think I can at least acknowledge and say, hey, you know what? They had a plan. They had a, They had something that they wanted. They, they stuck with it. They went out, and they got it. Whether or not you agreed with the move or not, whatever, I'm not going to pat them on the back or apologize for doing what they promised they did, but that's what they did. So I can acknowledge that, hey, you know what? Yeah, they've been lackluster uh, throughout their, their ownership uh, time here, but they did come through with what they wanted. They identified this guy. They paid him the money. Obviously, they outbid because he's clearly not worth $20, $100 million over the next five years, but at the same time, now we're here a year later, and they're doing the same thing. They've identified two guys that they wanted. Whatever the offer is per Casavell, whatever they offered, or I think it may be Casavell or Lynn, but whatever they offered Machado, which is rumored to be anywhere between 240 uh, over eight years, 240 to 280, 285, they've offered Harper more. So yeah, I it, found that very interesting. As did I, and I can understand that because Harper has the bigger years. Like Machado's been very good, but Machado's career on base is 333. Like I think right. people forget, like Machado's biggest value comes from that. Defensively, he is Hall of Fame level. I mean, if he keeps up these numbers, you know, he hits 470 slugging, 330 on base, and he puts up another seven to ten years of his defense at third, he's going to get the Adrian Beltre treatment. He'll hang around long enough. He's a good enough hitter to get to 3,000, even though maybe he was never really an elite hitter. But because the defense is so damn good, he's going to be a Hall of Famer in in that sense, and a Hall of Famer in the way you could maybe argue Scott Rowland might be a borderline Hall of Famer, right? Really good hitter for a long time, but excellent defensive player. So Harper has the big offensive year. He has a sexy, you know, MVP. I was the best player in the entire league for one year. I was better than Mike Trout. Right. But Trout doesn't have that. So I can see Harper getting more. Even though if you if you had if you had to have me choose who's gonna have the better career in ten years, I'd probably go Machado because I think what he I think there's more in the offense. His plate discipline has gotten moderately better as time has gone on. And I think his defense is gonna age better because he's further up the spectrum. Harper's in right. He's gonna go to left, first, and DH. Machado can still move to the outfield. He can go to left. He can go to second. 
He can go to Dude, first Dude, he's not going to left I, I second. Know, I know what I'm saying. He's staying at third base. He's going to stay. Until at, he's like 40, and then he'll go to first base. St- but it's not unrealistic. Ryan Braun sucked at third, and they moved him to the outfield. Alex Gordon sucked at third, they moved him to the outfield. Machado's I'm just not really that fast. He's not going to the outfield. Neither are those guys. Those guys aren't fast. They have to be fast to be in the outfield. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm just saying that you can see a situation where even as the defense starts to take a little bit of a toll, there's other places you can move him. Moustakis, thank God the Brewers signed him. <laughs> thank God the Brewers signed Mike Moustakis. They're going to put that moose at second. And when I say moose, I'm not abbreviating his name. That's a big man. That is a big man to move at second. You don't think Machado can't play second? I think he can play second. If if he got to that They're point. Putting, who are they putting in second? Moustakis. Really? Yeah, he's drafted as a shortstop. <laughs> What? <laughs> I didn't hear that. Hey, hey, guy, I'm just reporting news. That's shocking. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. Wow. that is, Dude, that's shocking. I, you know, I kind of want to circle back just yeah. real quick. Am, am I the only one that noticed? Um, Heyman came out. So last night, Sunday he night. He ever eloquent, John so, Heyman. Sunday night on Twitter was lit. Oh, as, my God. As the kids say. <laughs> dude, it, like... I couldn't put the phone down, and I'm the same way. But like, I I don't think I spoke to Kelsey at all last night, and yeah. we were sitting right next to each other. So I was just scrolling the phone the whole time. And the thing that really got me into it was you had Heyman saying the thing about the um, the report about the offer, right? Yeah. Like, the what do you say? Two fifty, blah blah blah. I think he said it's it's somewhere between two twenty to two fifty, at least, if not more. And did you notice within what ten to fifteen minutes? Here comes Kevin. AC quote tweeted him and said, "For what it's worth, I was told it's actually uh, higher." Than yeah. 250, which by the way, first thing, he's not going to say it's, oh, I've been told it's higher than 250 if it's like 252. No, he's going to, I mean? if it's, it, you're looking 260, 270, that's probably, what I'm thinking. And another thing, if he is going to sit there and quote tweet Heyman and only respond, only give us information because Heyman gave it first, why doesn't he just say it in the first place? Like, shouldn't he be keeping us in the loop? I think that AC is used, even though he blew it with the death article i think they trust him enough to just feed him tidbits to control the message so if they hear oh they've offered him 220 like well that's not enough that's only 50 mil more in over eight years like that's not even 10 mil more over an eight-year span that was initially uh offered and maybe we have a little bit more so put it out there if we have a little bit. even if it's not more right like even if it really is 250 here's the thing it's, it's like you know i'm not doing the whole you know the Padres are playing chess and the white Sox are playing checkers but the idea, too, is that when you're leaking stuff, I think the teams pretend to get mad when you leak stuff. Because if they didn't, you'd hear about more firings about people getting stuff leaked. I think they do it as a tactic to keep other teams off. So if I'm if I'm working for the Padres, right, and I'm with Ron Fowler, he says, like, I don't want the White Sox to top our offer. What the hell are we going to do? Tell him you offered, you know, more than 250. Don't give him an actual number. But if the Whites, if, if Boris or uh, Lozano comes back and says, hey, the White Sox are going to do 240 and they're going to cap out. They're going to cap at seven years, 240. What can you guys do? Can you do 8 to 250? Can you do 8 to 80? Can you do 10 to 80, 10 300, right? So if I'm Ron Fowler, if I'm advising Ron Fowler, I'd say, look, like we know this stuff's going to leak. So go ahead and just tell AC to put it out there. You know, John Heyman's saying 250. Well, fuck. So go ahead and put AC out there and tell him, hey, I've heard it's more than 250. Uh-huh. And then now, now like the White Sox are gonna, you know, the White Sox have people monitoring social media on this of shit. Course. So now they're like, oh fuck, they're going over what we're gonna pay. Right. So maybe, maybe we're not gonna go over two fifty. Maybe we'll call them back. So I do think there's some, there's some, some behind the scenes play at hand where they're doing it to strategize and telling AC to leak stuff. Heyman's leaking stuff, so AC will leak some stuff to get Heyman to say, oh, they came back and maybe they offered more as a way to get both teams to try to get the best offer they can. And I could see. The White Sox doing it. I can see the Potters doing it, and obviously, I can see you know Machado's agent 
or whoever he has working under him, you know, the interns dropping that news to try to get the best offer they can kind for of everybody. Similarly, it, it's kind of um, it's intriguing to see how everything plays out in regards to free agency yeah. in 2019. So it's like I'm starting to realize now because when it first when all the news came out that we might be in on one of these guys, I. I was like, okay, you know, you hear the thing, you know, Harper and his wife love San Diego, you know that, you know, the Mormon temple, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. He's on, he's on video at the All-Star game. I love this place. I love this place. Everybody said that at the All-Star game. Well, I know that. I know that. So you, you hear all that. You're like, oh man, Harper, he really wants to be here. It's just a matter of us giving him money. And then you hear, oh, hey, you know. Machado, he would prefer not to play on the West Coast. People close Allegedly, to him Allegedly, which I never really bought. People close to him are saying that, you know, he wants to play on the on the East Coast and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of funny. Like, at first, I was like, you know what? If Machado doesn't want to come here, I don't want him. I don't want him. I'm moving on to Harper. I'm 100% on Harper. And then I start to realize, it's like, wait a minute. If this stuff is leaking out, couldn't that very easily be the agent saying, hey, leak this out? And then... If, or the White Sox. If the Padres or if a West Coast team hears, oh, hey, he doesn't want to play on the West Coast, they know they got to come with the offer. They yeah. need to shell out more money. So it's just posturing. It's just negotiating like through the media. 100% agree. Just looking at it now, like it's it's really intriguing. I, I feel kind of stupid that I fell for it. I'm like, oh, he doesn't want to come here? Well, what? I mean, you don't have a choice because we don't have the inside We don't have the inside knowledge, right? Like we don't have sources or anything like that. I mean, we've... Yeah, we're not Craig Meddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've gotten some... I mean, but no, seriously, like, you know, we, we've gotten some hints dropped out of that you know we're, we're not gonna go over but you know we hear stuff just like anybody does you know yeah. we we're it's a large community but we don't know the ins and out of, of how they negotiate but yeah just like you know they could be dropping stuff right now to try to up the offer because it's crunch time you know it's 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 right there they're in the you know they're in the red zone now you know they're, they're five yards out they're gonna they're gonna close the deal Lozano's close right it's just a matter of trying to get the best deal he can my theory is that the Padres the minute they met with Lozano but even though maybe, I don't know how true it was that Manny wasn't interested in meeting with them, maybe it was more of Lozano had to convince him to meet with the Padres yeah, or go over the that. parameters. But he's not going to push that if the Padres' original dollar offer was less than or was anywhere around that seven one seventy five because he was pissed. Oh yeah, when when that stuff Rightfully leaked, so. assuming right. he wasn't you know faking it right <laughs> trying to up the money <laughs> to get you know to get a little get a little extra eighty mil that tacked onto that, but. Um, assuming that that was legit and you know that that offer was leaked and he's pissed off that it was leaked, um, I don't think he pushes. The agent doesn't push for his client to meet if the if that if the 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 team is not providing something substantial. Where the agent views that and says, you know what, that's a good starting point. I like where this is going. Let me go ahead and advise my client, and we're going to try to set something up. It's the same thing with Harper. If you don't think that, you know. Preller, and I want to touch on Preller in a second, but if you don't think Preller... Oh, I want to touch on him, too, if he signs one of these guys. (laughs) We'll have our chance. March 14th, the 5.5 podcast will be in Peoria. Yep, we'll Uh, be there. But, um... And Preller apparently is readily available to be touched. Good. (laughs) I'll be ready. Tough scene. I'll bring the chat stick. Tough scene. Oh, God. Have some of the car. It'll be fine. Good. But, um... So you know, it's the same thing with Boris, right? Like Boris isn't going to say, "Yeah, come, let me let me get Bryce to take time out of his day in his off season where he's working out and he's spending time with his wife, and you know they're making rabbits and doing whatever the hell they're doing, making rabbits." You know, it's, you know, it's, okay, yeah, okay, you know. So the agent is not going to say, "Let me set up this meeting if the dollars you guys are presenting to me prelim- in, in preliminary talks are not within the ballpark or the realm of possibility of what we're willing to accept." So the Padres were always in it. I think the whole Manny doesn't want to play on the West Coast. 
the whole well, you know, you know, there he's a he's a temperamental lot. You know, they're real sensitive. Yeah, it's like we heard people well, say, saying, you know, he he wants to be close to his family. He's been gone from his family for the last six months. They can move here for six months. His wife doesn't have to work. Yeah, his wife don't got to work. He he makes millions of dollars. So I think they've always been in it. It was a matter of it's going to come down to the to getting into spring training at the end of the day when there's only two or three teams left, and who's going to put the more do- most dollars out? If Casavell's right, he's going to be a Padre. If Casavell is right, I think especially. So the fact that they're offering the most overall money, and then the thing that's really encouraging to me is that they're finding a way to be creative with the whole state income tax, which at the end of the day, I don't think is that big of a deal, because if it was, guess what? Kershaw wouldn't have signed in, um, you know, he wouldn't have re-upped with LA. Pujols wouldn't have came out here. It, I don't think taxes make that big of an impact on someone's decision. I think it if he would wants to if take the most max. money. He's going to yeah. take the most money that's offered. Break even, yeah. If like okay, Padres eight two eighty or White Sox eight two eighty, then yeah, that would make sense, right? But yeah, most of the time, and and there's nothing wrong with this, people. There's you would be a fool to not go to a new job to make ten times the amount of money you've been making your first six years in the industry. There's nothing wrong with chasing the highest dollar value. Yeah. The benefit for Machado is that the two teams that are really in on him happen to have really good farm systems one of them has the best farm system in the league and has a player who's probably better right now than anybody the white Sox are currently fielding did you see uh, rick renneria came out today and said yeah uh, moncada's gonna play third. Expect moncada <laughs> third, 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 third. <laughs> well maybe that means uh, machado will just be a short <laughs> no or, or they have, second base they have anderson <laughs> <laughs> yeah second base jesus or left field like, well, yeah like you're, uh, you're I, i'm just saying he could go to left field if he breaks down you can go hide him and left he'd be fine but i'm just saying that's the defensive spectrum he can move but um let's let's circle back to preller because i wanted to go over this in the timeline but we will never know this i mean we might know this for sure assuming they sign him we know there's gonna be a bunch of articles that are gonna that's gonna kind of timeline everything for us. So this is just speculatory on my end, but I think this is how it breaks down. I think the idea that the Padres are in on these guys is the same reason the Padres did what they did in 2015 and then did what they've done since 2015. I think AJ Preller is the one pushing for it. For me personally, I can see that. I think Preller is the one going in there and saying because I think Hosmer was completely an ownership move. I can't see. Preller was the one that traded for Will Myers. I don't know if he's the one that wanted to sign him to the extension, but he dealt Yonder Alonso to get Myers to first base. You know, that was a, a two-way move. It was get rid of Alonso, get a piece we can use back, and get this guy who I like more in a position that he's better at than right. where we have him. So I could see Preller saying, like, look, I'm looking at it. The Cubs, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees. are the four big markets, right? These are the big guys. These are the big guns. They're not in on these guys. Like, they're not in on Harper. They're not in Machado. They're be- both of these guys are going to be 26. In five years, they'll be 30. So even if they opt out in five years, like, we'll have gotten their prime for pennies on the dollar compared to what we're going to get in revenue, in ad money, in merchandise sales, at the at, in season ticket sales, anything that goes directly into your pockets. And we have this farm system over the next five or six years, even in eight years, assuming they don't lock anybody up. Most of these guys are going to be under arbitration. They're going to be making below what they would make on the open market anyways. Yeah. So I could see Preller saying, like, hey, like, you need to let me do this. Like, you told me when the time was right, I was going to get to spend some money and build a team. I need one of these two guys to do that. Yeah. If I can get one of these two guys, I can get you a championship. Because we have Tatis. We have our future superstar. We have Arias. We have our future all-star. You know, we we think Mejia can be the guy. We have Paddock. We have Gore who's going to be our future. That's our Kershaw. He's going to be our ace. He's the number one left-handed pitching prospect. He's a, excuse me, a year and a half away. Let me spend this money because we have it. 
Here's I, I got I got our financial analytics team to lay out our money and our, our expenditures. We're not spending any money. In five years, Myers is off the books, and Hosmer is going to be during his pay cut. You know, thirteen mil. Yeah, thirteen mil. He's going to be taking a huge pay cut, making you know making a third less than what he makes now. Let me spend this money because we have the money to do it, and this is the best window of time to do it with twenty-six year old free agents. I could one hundred percent see Preller being one to convince them. Which may have also been why it took so long to actually get to this point. Because I think if they were really in on him, they'd have been on him from the beginning. Yeah. Like we know the Phillies and the White Sox were. Whereas the Padres didn't come until after Christmas. Right? Like actually right around New Year's, I feel like in the last six weeks is when they've when they've really like, hey, they're gonna go meet with Harper. So I, I think I think Preller is the catalyst for all this stuff happening when it's happening. It wouldn't surprise me. And you know, you were mentioning about how, hey, we'll we'll hear a lot about it once it's all said and done. I think we're going to hear a lot more of like the behind the scenes and what actually happened if they don't sign him than if they do. Because right now... I think they'll try to avoid it, but go ahead. No. Right now, if they don't sign Machado and they don't sign Harper, they're cooked. They are done. Like, they're absolute done. So they're going to have to come out. Well, you know, hey, we wanted to sign them. This is what happened. A, B, C, and D happened. And this is why it didn't work out. Because if they don't, dude, if they don't sign him after all of this excitement, after all this buildup, to be let down, to let down your fan base at this point, it's completely earth-shattering, dude. They need to land one of these guys. So if they don't, they're gonna they're gonna spill they're gonna spill the beans. That's just my assumption. That's my assumption. And if they do sign him, oh hey, uh, uh, yeah, you know, probably gonna be at the intro. Hey, yeah, you know, we did this. <laughs> Uh, testament to the ownership, Ron Fowler, Pete Seiler, and all these guys for you know showing that they're willing to give the financial flexibility for you know to provide a winner for this team and eventually bring a, a championship to this uh, city. We gotta of San get. Diego. We probably that's needs a manager. Gonna, that's what we're gonna say. But if they don't, if they don't, we're gonna see a lot of stuff. We're gonna see an AC article that we're gonna lose our shit about. Like it's we're gonna hear a lot if they don't sign it. I think and it'll I be either or. I don't know if it'll be. I think it'll be. We'll get an AC article trying to placate us again and and create empathy and you know whatnot. The old smart market team outbid by the big boys again. You know, yeah. there's no parity here. Yeah. Even though that's what the luxury tax is for. But I also think you have sites like The Athletic, who they have no they have no uh, no reason to, to favor the Padres, right? Like, they can just write objective articles all they want. So I do think we'll get either or more behind-the-scenes stuff as far as how this happened. I think it's going to be more – I think it'll be more. I think they're going to try to kind of off-play it. Like, hey, we tried, you know, we just – they wanted to go above, you know, a contract, and I think they'd have. They'd have at this point if the Padres are offering two fifty to two eighty, if the White Sox aren't giving him like three twenty over eight years, there's no reason why Manny Machado shouldn't end up as a Padre. Assuming what Heyman, Casavell, and Nightingale are saying that the Padres have the top bid on the table right now. So knowing, uh, knowing kind of the situation, and kind of knowing as much as a fan like you and I can possibly know as far as how it's going down. If they don't come away with one of them, um, Harper, I think you and I can both agree right now that Machado is much more likely than Harper. I don't think Harper's coming here. I think he's going to Philly. I, I would say I would Thank agree with God that. Thank God it's not San Francisco. So let's say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I mark that just in case he signs in San Francisco. <laughs> That's gonna be our uh, next opening. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they don't sign him, let's say they don't sign either one of them, knowing everything that went into it again as much as we can know as a fan, is the pursuit enough to satisfy you? No. No, no, Why is no! That? It's a, you have to close the deal. Like, look, well, of course you have to close the deal. But look at my dating life. At the end of the day, it takes two. You you need two. If it, you offer him the most does, money and he doesn't sign here, what can you do? That's a fair point, but I still won't be satisfied because to me, I, I'm of the mind you do what it takes. If you're willing to pay him, we were talking about this yesterday, and you're saying, 
Oh, man, I wish I could have brought this. I've re- I remembered to bring this up last night. We were texting my cousin AJ, and I was saying, you know, you're like, oh, you know, 5200, that's unrealistic. Machado's at 8, 8, uh, what is it, 8280, which is like, that's like $38 million a year. Is it really that much more to give him eight three twenty? It's just two annoying. million more a year. It's I'm annoying just, to me, dude. It's I, annoying how everyone's like, "Oh, you know what? Screw it, man. Give them both uh, uh, five years, two hundred million, and, and tell them to sign on the dotted line." Like, it's not realistic. It's not realistic, and that's that's why I told you if we're playing like in the land of make believe, oh, hey, give them uh, five years, five hundred million. There's no way he says no to that. This is called a slippery slope, by the way. Nonetheless. I mean, and, and he's actually at 35 if he's 8 280. But I mean, really, realistically, is it really that big? And I think there's a certain price point you walk away. There's a certain price point where I will not be happy that they tried. I, I will be able to acknowledge that, you know what, they gave him a really good offer and the White Sox just. Okay, they, went, went they over. offer him eight years 280, and he says no. He goes somewhere else. Depends for how much does he sign? Oh, see, that'd be tough to say. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I, still, I wouldn't be happy because if he took less money, because I'd be curious. Why would he take what? What was it about Chicago that he wanted to go to other than as opposed to San Diego? Which I don't think is gonna. I don't think he's gonna take twenty million dollars unless it's the Yankees. If it's the Yankees, I can see him doing it. Right, and I'd be pissed. Yeah, but I wouldn't be pissed at ownership. I'd just be pissed off in general. In general. Not at yeah. Manny. Yeah, you know, he wants to play where he wants to play. I don't blame him. If I had to choose between the Padres and the Yankees, sorry guys, I'm putting on the pinstripes. It's just I want to win. So. But I wouldn't be satisfied because, you know, at this point, it's like I'm so invested in these rumors about the Padres possibly getting one of these two guys and a decent likelihood of them getting Machado that if they don't end up with him and we're just right back where we started from post debt reduction article, it's going to be broke. Like my, my excitement for the season is going to be it's going to go back to where it was like, yeah, I'm looking forward to some guys. I'll probably watch the games when certain guys are up to bat or playing, but that'll be it. My excitement will will kind of run out until they're actually good and, and give me a reason to be excited outside of a couple of pieces here and there. I'm going to have a really hard time getting excited for the season. Yeah, I was thinking I'm going to watch day, every like, game. I always watch every game, but yeah. I, I likely won't go to that many. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I'm not going to sit there and like boycott or whatever. And at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I'm just trying to a little bit play devil's advocate sure. in regards to like seeing what, as fans, what's our threshold to be like. Because and trust me, no one wants to be like, hey, hey, you know what? They tried, man. They were in it. Like they were with Pablo Sandoval. Like they were with um, Yasmani Tomas. Oh, hey, you know, they were in it. Hey, good job, Padres. Golf clap. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. And I know I know H.J. Uh, Preller in particular hates that. But at the end of the day, does anyone really care what H.J. Preller thinks after Rand Platty owned his ass the other day in that thread? <laughs> that was I mean, a brutal thread to read. I'm not going to lie. God, dude, just completely owned him. Low confidence H.J. Preller. Um <laughs> I'm I'm just curious as what us as fans, what us as fans, I think it'll tolerate, deflate us. What, what they tolerate, because honestly, for me as a fan, and and I'm very vocal about how I feel about them and and whatever. If they if it comes out and offers eight two eighty, and he goes, he decides to sign somewhere else for similar structure. Okay, like it's fine. It depends though. If it's, but I'm I'm not gonna lose my. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying I'm not gonna lose my shit if it's. If the Padres don't offer him eight years, three sixty to close no, the no, deal, abs- no, 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 you know I mean? don't think they're going to do that. No, and I, and I mean, and I put this a couple if weeks ago. If the Padres walk away, like, if they're like, okay, like our, at what price point do you walk away? The the most I would be, I'd say probably thirty five. I would say I'm still going to stick with thirty seven to thirty eight, like as close to forty as you can comfortably get, and that's it. Like at some point, you do have to start wondering, like, how much of my current payroll am I really going to want to pour in because I threw. I mean, I've thrown this out there. If Tatis is everything you think he's going to be, 
sign him now. Yeah. Because the Rays did that with Longoria. <laughs> like, as soon as they brought him up, they signed him. Scott Kingery sucked last year, but the Phillies gave him a 10-year deal, right? Nine, nine years before nine years, he even yeah. stepped in the box. Yeah. So, if Tatis is everything you think he's going to be, sign him now. But, you know, and and I want them to do what it, what's necessary. I don't think it's going to take $40 million to sign Machado. I don't I, I really don't. I think Given it, what everyone else is I offering. Think I think 32 don't. to 35 is going to get the job done. If you got to push it to 38 for a couple of years just to get him on board, great. But I think that, like, if... if it would take a significant. I don't think he's going to want the scenario where, unless it's the Yankees, which I can't blame him on that. I can't blame him if he takes 260 from the Yankees instead of 280 from us because he's probably going to make that up in state tax anyways. Right. So, but if we lose and it's we offered him 260 and the White Sox offered him 255, 250, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be furious because yeah, you're already outbidding. You're technically outbidding yourself. But if that's what it's going to take to get this guy in the one opportunity you're going to have to get him, because the reality is you can dream on Nolan Arenado, the Rockies might lock him up. You can dream on Rendon, the Nationals might lock him up. You can dream on, dream on Bogarts, but Xander Bogarts has really only had one year where you could really think about, like, man, maybe he's a long-term solution. Like, there's not really a big market. And then a couple of years down, yeah, you can dream on Carlos Correa, they don't lock him up. Or Lindor, if they don't lock him up when Bregman. they have money. Yeah, Bregman, if they don't lock him up. There's too many... If they don't lock him up, but you don't know where you're going to be financially. You may have already sunk costs, or your 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 window of opportunity may have created. Tatis could have blown a knee. Urias could have been a punch and Judy bust. Mejia could have sucked, and Hedges is still hitting 220. You know, in his last year of arbitration. You know, there's there's too many there's too many what if scenarios past this year to bank on to say you shouldn't do everything you possibly can and give him. I would say. Bring your financial analytic guys in there and say, what's the most we can do realistically while still be having financial flexibility over the next six years if we need to add a – if we need to do a Verlander type move. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah. take on a deal. Yeah. Exactly. What do we need – you know, if, if if they're trying to dump Strasburg and Strasburg says, I will opt out after the X amount of years and we can pick up the last three years of his deal, what's the most we can give this one guy with what we've got locked in now? Arbitration, best case scenarios, you know, 99 percentile arbitration cases for the guys that we think are keeping – What's the most we can still offer him and still maintain financial flexibility over the next five to six years to add on if we need to and go with that number? Yeah. I would assume that's probably going to be around 35 to $38 million. I would assume. Maybe. And if, and if you can do that and say, can we push it to 40 tops? If he's going to fucking walk away from $40 million, what are you going to do? Yeah. He's going to walk away from 35 to 38? See, see, right there, your number's 40 for that. Mine's 35 to 37 per year. I'll but, push it to 37. But if they That's offer, close enough. What I'm saying, dude, is I like, could if say they offer 35, yeah. 35 AAV, average annual uh, yeah. value, and he turns it down, I mean, hey, dude, what, what are you going to do? do? I mean, the White Sox, if the, the thing is, if they come back and say the White Sox are going to give us 40 the first five. Okay, great. So we'll, we'll give you 40 the first five if we have to do that. It's only I'm only going to be pissed off... At the Padres, I'll be pissed off at the Padres. They're not willing to match it up to a realistic number. To me, 40 is the absolute. I don't think he's going to get 40, but no. that'd be the absolute. Well, we'll say 30, your number because it's a nice in-between, right? 35 to 40 is 37. Right. If the Padres can't say, we'll give you 38 and we'll give you a big $20 million signing bonus the first year or something. So, you know, you're not taxed egregiously here. Um, you know, if they're not willing to do that, then yeah, I'm going to be pissed. If, if they have to walk away from the table because Machado is basically saying the White Sox are going to give me $45 million the first three years of this deal, then it's like, no, like we're not going to do that. I feel like eight, okay, I feel like, and I said this last week, I think eight two fifty 
will get him signed. Well, I think eight two fifty. I think it gets you close. It gets you really close. I feel like eight two seventy gets him signed. I do too. Eight two seventy gets I, him signed. Eight two eighty. It's a done deal. Like he's in camp tomorrow I for think, eight two eighty. I think if you include signing bonuses, deferral payments, I think at the end of the day, if it's eight three hundred, including with that stuff, because I, I really know. feel like at yeah. this point. I feel like at this point, they're kind of on the same page as far as terms. They're just ironing out how we work out the signing bonus, how we work out this. Are there opt-outs? Are there whatever? And I think Manny or Lozano is having Manny take the deal to see, will the White Sox do better? Because tell him, like, this is your last chance. This is the offer I have. They're pulling the Furcal, and Furcal is going to sign with the Braves. Furcal got the offer from the Braves. He loved it. He faxed it over to the Dodgers. They said, we're going to fly you out. We'll go ahead and beat the offer. Come sign with us. That's I think that's what Manny's doing right now. He's like, I like this offer. I'm strongly considering it. Let me get back to you in a couple of days. And Lozano's basically telling the White Sox, this is what San Diego has. Either you're going to top this significantly or he's gone. Yeah. I can, I can see that. So Let, Let's talk a little X's and, X's and O's. Let's yeah. Oh, the on, fleet? On the field. No, no. <laughs> no. I will say, Padres Twitter uh, with the rumors had me so amped up. I was actually amped watching the fleet play. And they're awful. Yeah. Awful red zone offense. Good God. I'm not even a football guy. And I'm like, Jesus! Can somebody score for the yeah. love of God? Yeah, no, I, d- I didn't watch the game. I did. I did. It wasn't see that. bad. It was, I mean, it was something to put on. I saw that clip where the guy made the over the head pass and for a like, loss, mind you. I was like, dude, this is the worst. <laughs> this it is wasn't absolute that. worst. No, the first so pass bad. he threw was great. His first don't gang pass. or don't bang. Let's talk X's and O's. <laughs> I feel like, and the the more and more I think about it, I don't care. Okay. Let's get one thing out of the way first. I don't care about the clubhouse, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Oh, uh, he's, you know, he's a punk. He's a punk. This and that. Because you hear guys like Scope. You hear guys like Steve Pierce. Scope cried when he was traded. Say the, he's the best teammate they've ever had. So I'll take it. Now, excuse me, random shithead on Twitter who says he's a <laughs> punk. I'll take the guys who have suited up with him every day. Who this guy vote for? Let's get this out of the way. Where's Men's Rail? I'll take the guy who suited up with him every single day. They showered together. <laughs> I'll take their opinion of this guy over yours, <laughs> random dickhead on Twitter. I, and I hope that's okay with you guys. I really hope Same that's okay stall or different shower head when they showered together? I know. feel like I'm starting to lean more towards Machado now. One, no, oh, I'm 100%. Give me Manny. Well, I, I, I want too. Machado. I am too. But here's why I here's what started to get me leaning towards him over Harper. And now, obviously, yeah, it's the, it's the chance of signing him. I feel like we have yeah. a much better chance of signing Machado than Harper. Agreed. I feel like Harper makes Ta- or Harper Machado makes Tatis better. I think I think Machado being at third base, think about it. He makes him better defensively. He doesn't have to range that far to his right. That takes off some some ground for Tatis to cover. They can work with defensive positioning in regards to where to put both of them on, really the left, point, on the left side of the field. And is there anyone else to teach technique better than Manny Machado yeah. for someone like Tatis? Because you know they're going to be on the backfields in spring training. They're going to be before games. They're going to be doing practice together, taking ground balls. There's no one better. And, I mean, for – yeah, uh, Tatis, he has the range for short. He has this and that. But, I mean, maybe there's always room for improvement. When of course, it comes yeah. To if you think you've mastered something, you've already failed. Yeah, there, there comes a time where there's always room for improvement. And right. I feel like there's no one better to do that for him and to be that mentor – than Manny Machado. I would love to see like the like Statcast stuff and more advanced because it's assumedly that you have more glove range, like you have more range to your glove side than you do your arm side, right? Right. Well, yeah, because yeah, you know your backhand you're going away. I put that video on uh, Twitter last night before I went to sleep. The Manny Machado highlight video. Yeah. Oh my God. But you're right. I mean, he can make Mach- Tatis better in just that. Like, hey, I've, I'm on the line. I'm going to cover anything to the line. I have the reaction and glove side. I'm good. 
so you can cheat up the middle. Guess what? That means Urias can cheat to his glove side a little bit, and all Hosmer has to do is stand there and tell him in Spanish to throw him the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally that kind of a domino effect. I also think the idea of, and this is what I think, like, and I know analytics doesn't touch on this, but I do buy into this stuff. Yes, Tatis has the swagger. Machado had the swagger when he came up. Machado struggled when he came up. Now, I don't know if he's the same bat that Tatis is being rated as um, as far as like having light tower power now, the patience approach now. Because, again, Manny's never really drawn high walk rates. Um, he's he's never put up high on base percentages up until this year. It's like a, almost a breakout year, particularly his first three months. So, But I could see him you know, kind of mentoring Tatis in that like he's been there. He's been he's in the World Series last year. He's been the guy, right? He's been the savior. They brought him up for that playoff run his rookie year. Right. Specifically because instead of going out and getting a trade, this was their deadline piece. Yeah. So he's been that guy and he's had that pressure on him and he understands, you know, this is where you start, this is how you go about it, here's how you ignore this, here's how you go about that, here's how you handle the media. And not to say Tatis needs any help. He's been amazing so far. I mean, he's been you know, he's been a rock star. But I don't think it's a bad idea to have that guy on there. It's kind of like why they signed Hosmer. But in this case, more of an on-field um, effect in that Machado makes you better. You mentioned lineups, and I know we're going to get to that in a second. But you mentioned the lineup when we were talking the other day, hanging out, and like, yeah, I'd bet like Harp, like Myers and my, like all things working out, like Manny's hitting second or third, and then you could just bump Myers and Hosmer down towards the middle of the order yep. and push everybody down. It's that same line I recall. One of the few things I recall hearing from Bud Black, I'm like, oh, that's a good point, buddy. When they got Milton Bradley, he says it lengthens out or lengthens out our lineup. Now we have Giles at the top, Cameron hitting second, Bradley hitting third, Gonzalez hitting fourth, and everybody gets shifted down a spot or moved around a little bit to give us more length. That's exactly what Machado does. Oh yeah, big. And time. as much as I love, and and I'm gonna comment on what Dan O'Dowd said earlier. Dan O'Dowd saying that we shouldn't be going after Manny because we can aggregately spend all that money on other pieces. There's no other guy. There's no three or four players that we could plug in right now where we have holes. Not even close. Not even. No, we don't have. I mean, we have holes, yes. But, you know, yeah, okay, go get Gio Gonzalez and Irvin Santana on one of your deals. Okay, great. They're going to cost maybe $20 million total. Like, you're not going to sign Moustakis now, and there's not really anybody else out there. So, you know, he talks about... And I like the idea of having like aircraft carriers, right? Like these are the guys. These are these are your stars. These are your Tony Gwynns. You know what you're gonna get. It's an above, you know, uh, an all-star level production. Like we can just go out and buy one because we have a guy we think is gonna be that in Tatis. I think uh, I think Urias. I think Mejia. One of those two guys might be that. I think Paddock and Gore will be that for the staff. So why don't we just go buy one instead? Yeah, right exactly. now because that gives the Padres a superstar player that they wanted in Hosmer but aren't getting, that they wanted in Myers aren't getting, they aren't getting. Yes, they have to pay him significantly more, almost twice as much as both of them on average. But they get that air. That's the aircraft carrier. You don't have to always develop them. That's the aircraft carrier. That's the guy you sign. You give him money now. He immediately makes you better now. Now you can squint and maybe see 500. And if everything breaks well, maybe you see a little bit better than that. But next year. Full year of Paddock, full year of Tatis, another year of Arias, another Logan year of Miguel. Allen. Yeah, Logan Allen. Who knows who else? Mora Home could Strom. come up. Yeah, Strom. You know, you have and Gore. Gore could be on the cusp, depending on how he does this year. Like Keuchel. <laughs> I almost got you. Miley. I almost got you. Gio Gonzalez. Yeah. But I mean, you you see, right? Like it it makes sense because he makes you better in that it it takes pressure off these young guys. You know, number one, number two. I don't buy into the necessity of lineup protection from a standpoint of, like, it's going to make Hosmer better. I do think if you bat Tatis in front of or behind Machado, who would I rather face? I'm going to throw Manny strikes, but I'm not going to throw him fastballs. I'm going to make him get himself out. And if he doesn't, I'll just pitch to the rookie behind him. 
But if you sandwich Machado in between Arias and Tatis, that absolutely is going to help them out. Absolutely, yeah. because even though you know pitchers are, are, are going to go after them and try to expose their holes, you're at least putting somebody in the middle where whether you're not getting carved up and you have something in the middle to anchor those two young guys down to give you something to work with. It makes the team better. He makes everybody better strictly because he's the best player on your team the minute he puts on your jersey. Yeah, 100%. Dude, 100%. By then, a mile. And then on top of that, so, I mean, you bring in Harper, you got to get rid of one of either uh, Fran Mill. you got to get like, rid of two. you got to get rid of a few guys. Yeah. Now, if you bring in Machado, you don't have to get rid of Fran Mill. I really like Fran Mill. I know you're down on his defense. I know blah, blah, blah. I'm not he's down a first on his baseman. defense. He's a DH, blah, I'm blah, blah. I'm not down on his defense. I don't have faith in his defense. I like Fran Mill a lot. Okay? I do, too. So, bringing in Machado, you get to keep Fran Mill and see what he can do. I think you keep Myers. I honestly feel like if they can find someone to just take Myers' contract after they sign I think Machado, they really wanted that cigarette deal. They're gonna do, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, really I think they're going to do it. But um, you put Myers out, out and left. You have Franmo and right, whatever. You have uh, Margo. Margo in center, which, by Who the way... Who we think is going to break out? Who I, posted that, by the way? I think it was Padres Farm. Padres Farm. At Padres Farm. is a good follow. At Padres Farm posting Margo's... Long outs, which are basically like deep outs. Yeah. And uh, how hard he was hitting the ball. So he had a higher contact rate, higher exit velocity, and more long outs than either the year before. That usually means some pop is coming. And yeah. there's a couple Fangraphs articles on Margot saying, you know, a little bit of a swing change. You know, he makes a lot of contact, maybe a little bit of adjustment to the plate. And, you know, he's going to be an above average hitter. So I think it's a breakout time. Yeah. If you guys aren't following Padres Farm, make sure you do. He had the best line yesterday. He was like, man, Padres going to mess around and make me proud to be a fan again. <laughs> <laughs> He's been on a little bit of a roll. That was funny. That was, that was really stuff. funny. Good so, anyways, stuff. you get to keep those guys, and dude, they're, your infield set. Your infield is set for, for the, the next, next five at years. Least five to seven years. So you have Mejia behind the plate, not Hedges. Mejia behind the not plate, not Hedges. You have Machado at third. You have Tatis at short, Urias at second, and Hosmer at first. That's set. That's done. So what does that do? That frees up some trade pieces down there. You look at Naylor. I think Naylor is already a trade piece, obviously because of Hosmer. Potts. Hudson Potts is a really attractive trade piece. He's a really He's good, a really good trade piece. If you sit there and you sign Machado, because guess what? We already have an outfield log jam. Like yeah. there's not really a place for him to kind of slide out to left. No. And if you're trading quality to get quality, and that quality is Hudson Potts, and he is part of a package to bring back a, a, a solid top of the rotation arm. Trevor I'm cool Bauer is pretty pissed off at the Cleveland Indians I'm cool right with now. That. Yeah. I mean even on top of that, I know we're not really I know we're not all we're not like there yet. collectively big on Stroman, but he's not happy in, in Michael Former. Michael, Michael Former's in his he's got two years after this is his first year of arbitration, which means he's already put in three, so he's got three more, right? The Tigers are rebuilding and they've got some guys, but maybe you can say, hey, like yeah you have Eloy hey we got Hudson Potts, we've got Josh Naylor and we'll throw in like you guys can we'll, – we'll ship Cal Quantrill on your own. We'll even pay Canadian shipping for him. I just think and, that – yeah, I think that the domino effect afterwards with, with Machado is going to be a lot more exciting than the domino effect that um, Harper yeah, would bring in. You get to trade your topper – your your top, your upper-level prospects who are closer. You know, and, and Potts is still really young. He's a nine, He wasn't the only 19-year-old. I mean, Tatis wasn't the only 19-year-old in AA. Yeah. Potts got up there and he struggled a little bit, but it's his first year. But – he has been an absolute... I think a, a return to double-A is inevitable for the young man, personally. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. Did, you get the, did, he, did he at you or text you on that one? No. No? Okay. No. So, but, I mean, Potts from where they took him... Yeah. <laughs> Chef Fran Mill. Chef Fran Mill. <laughs> yeah. But Potts where they took him, remember, who? Yeah. Hudson Sanchez. Who yeah. I think that was a better baseball name, but nonetheless. <laughs> right. But, uh... But, uh... I still think, I still think Potts is going to be a great... I think he's going to be a very good... Player. Yeah, I do too. He's going to be a solid player. Yeah. Hey, hey, if you give me above average everyday player, that's a good freaking player. Like, Urias doesn't project... No offense, guys. Don't don't tar and feather me. Uh, but Urias doesn't project to be like 
an elite player. He's like, you know, he's got some all-star in there, but he's going to be in a, he's going to be like a rich man's uh, LeMahieu. Better play discipline, a better overall hitter, great defensive player, and excellent base runner. He's going to be a really, really good above-average everyday player for a long time with some maybe peak all-star years. Or maybe he hits that 99th percentile and right. he's an all-star for five or six years. But, I mean, if he's Mark Loretta, like, Mark Loretta wasn't a star. But he was, if he, I don't know if you ever went back and looked at Loretta here. Jesus, it's like the best, one of the best second basemen we've ever had. He's yep. probably one of the better players they've ever gotten. So, if he does that... Great. If Potts is that or maybe a little bit less, he's like, he's not quite Loretta peak, but he's like better than peak Solarte. That's a really good everyday major league player. I think there's some value in that. I think there is too, 100%. And like, I'm really excited to see it. Dude, I really like, I badly. We've been checking our phones I know. every two I know. It's hard seconds. for me to stay focused. I am tired of seeing your wedding photo and then my <laughs> picture on my background. Let me say this. I badly want an arm from Cleveland. I badly want one of them. Give me Kluber, give me Bauer, or give me Clevenger. I might want Clevenger more than those other two. I think Clevenger is legit. Dude. I do too. If Kevin Charity can, thinks Clevenger is legit. If they, oh well, never mind. I might not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If they, I want Bauer now. If they could package a play, if they could package, put together a nice package and land one of those guys, dude. I think it's legit. And then, and then you look at him. People are saying, oh well, maybe if we land Machado, maybe we'll get Keiko. And I know, you're, I know you're not big on Keiko. I know you're not big on. You know what? I it was the same thing. Like I don't. We may have mentioned this when we it. talked it. We may we may have mentioned this when we talked about it the uh, last time we got together. No, last time we were debt reduction, so we haven't done anything based on yeah, since uh, the rumors started. Uh, well, since they started actually trying to be better. Um, but if they, I, I think I just said this. I was not, and I'm still not for Mustakas. I'm glad he signed. Me too. Had they signed Harper, I'd have been like, I mean, get Moose two years twenty, and then give Keiko like three years forty five. Okay. I mean, they make you better now. I, I agree. I know Padres Twitter hates him. But Keith Law made a really good point when everybody's like, not not Padre fans, obviously. We want to get better. But when you have like the Dan O'Dowd types, and I don't know if he's doing devil's advocate, but you have the devil's advocate saying, oh, they're not ready. Like, they don't need to go out and get this. Like, just because you're not ready now doesn't mean you can't try to get better, right? Like, that was Keith Law's argument with Marty Caswell when she asked, like, what do you think about this? I think it's great. They're, they have a great farm system. They're going to be competitive soon. And there's an opportunity for them to get better now and to get better over the next couple of years when that farm system really starts to produce at the major league level. So on short-term deals like that, yeah, absolutely. The more I also hear about these billionaires saying, oh, we don't have any money. Ricketts, Tom Ricketts oh, saying, God. we don't have any money. I'm one of the highest revenue teams in the league. We only spent 30 to 40% of our revenue on payroll, even though it's high. I don't have any money. And then the Dodgers owner, Stan Kasten, coming out and basically saying without saying, why don't you go over the luxury tax? Oh, well, there's incentive. Yeah. To stay under it. Wink, wink. There's incentive. What's that? Oh, it's just it's just good. You know, it's a good business decision. Yeah, yeah, guy. It lines your pockets and you get more revenue by not doing it. And you have the Blue Jays coming down flat out saying they're keeping oh, Guerrero God. Jr. Oh. down for an extra year oh, of control. I think Tony, like, they're I, not even hiding I it. I think Tony Clark blew a knee out getting ready to file a grievance. So bad. So bad. Yeah. It's so bad. But when you have stuff like that, now I'm thinking like, you know, and, and I said this when people – Try to argue now, like, oh, well, you know, you got to give the ownership credit. You know, they tried in 2015. Their opening day payroll, based on what I looked up, was $90 million in 2014. is $100 million in 2015. That's not even – that's like two-thirds of what James Shields' average annual value was. Yeah. So, you don't have to and, – and what they did in 2015, other than the, the, their standings, it had no bearing on the international signings at the time because you could – blow as much money as you wanted you just got penalized but there was no like limit right i mean there was a limit there was a soft limit you weren't hard capped um and then obviously it didn't affect their draft either so you can still get better and rebuild at the same time in fact 
John Morris was basically doing that up until he left. It was, yeah, they'll draft some prospects. Like, I know you hate Chase Headley, but when his career ends, he is a solid league average everyday third baseman. Like, that's what they would do. They would they would draft guys that could get it to the big leagues quickly and occasionally have a couple stars like a PV come through or make a good trade. But that's basically what they're doing. They're trying, Josh Burns was basically trying to do that, right? Like, yeah, let me draft the, the best players available, the Trey Turners who are there, and then, you know, other guys that might be there or whatever. But also try to make trades like, okay, let me flip Latos because I don't think we have enough to win with just him. So let me flip him for two pieces or three pieces and see if I can turn it around that way. I think it's better for baseball to do it that way and have teams in the, you know, if you're, you're going to have some some bad teams. Sometimes things just don't work out. The 08 Padres being a prime example. I never thought they were going to be that bad. Yeah. And they just turned out to suck. Um, even the 96, 97 Padres. You look at the roster, it's not that different from the 96, 98 team. They were just bad for some reason. True. But, you know, but that's going to happen, and I understand that. But I am getting less and less away from the idea that you have to tank to, like, when I think tank, I think, like, yeah, fill the competitive team, but you, like, if, you know, I don't have a third baseman, I need to fill this spot, what can I do to, to fill this spot but not handcuff myself? I'll go sign Moustakas for 10 years. I didn't want him here. 10 years. I, no, two years, excuse me. <laughs> Not 10 years. That's a long time deal for a second baseman. You know, if he keeps playing for the next 10 years, he might eventually match his qualifying offer that he turned down. Yeah, no But, care. I mean, I, I I don't mind the idea of them getting better, right? Like, so if they sign Harper, I'd say, okay, go out and get, you know, Moustakas and Keuchel. And maybe, right? Maybe you have, like, a, a sneaky run. And if you don't, you can flip those guys at the deadline for something. Um, it's the same thing if they, get, if they get Machado and they say, okay, we got Machado. You know what? We had Irvin Santana work out for us. You know, he's been pretty solid in the past. We like him, so we're going to go ahead and pick him up. We're going to give him a, a one-year deal with an option. We need the innings. You know, we need a veteran starter at the, you know, near the top of the rotation. So, you know, he's better than what we have right now in-house, presumably. So, yeah, we'll go out and get him. And maybe, maybe if he squint hard enough, maybe something happens. Maybe you get a run, and if you don't, well, he's on a one- or two-year deal anyways. We can just flip him at the deadline. Yeah. So I, I I'm okay with them. So what's the next move? Let's say they sign Machado. What's your next move? I you got to bring in pitching. You got. I didn't know Irvin Santana was out there. Let me look up his numbers real quick because that actually intrigued me greatly when I found out he was an actual free agent. I forget. I do think you look to make a trade with the guy. I do think. Check, I re- dude, check in on Keiko. Yeah. See, see what it takes at this point. Oh yeah, I think the Keiko, market for him is ice cold. Ice cold. I didn't know ice there was cold. any market. I forgot he was even out there. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I feel you got to at least check in, but hey, man, what would it take? Like, will you sign a two-year deal? Three-year? Yeah. Oof, Santana and, was bad last year. But that means you can have him on the cheap. Yeah. I, <laughs> Brand. I mean, he was also he was also hurt. I mean, he was also hurt. Like, two years ago, he had – he had. I'm surprised, like, he didn't get more. Like, two years ago, he had a 135 and a 125 ERA plus um, in 2016 and 2017. In those years, he threw 180 and 200 innings. Like – I'm not asking for that, but like, yeah, I go out and say, okay, we're gonna get Irvin Santana. He's gonna eat some innings for us. Why I, the hell haven't we signed Bart Cologne? That's like the perfect fit. But I'd say Santana, and then yeah, you know what? Yeah, let me go ahead and we'll pick up Keuchel and you know, it's Ke- I'd ask it. Will Keuchel take three forty-five? We'll do three forty-five. Will he take it? Yes or no? That's a rough contract, dude. <laughs> That's so sad. He's a soft tossing left. He's what we hope Eric Lauer turns out to be like. True. True. I think Lucchese could be. He is better a ground ball him. pitcher though, and he, when you got the infield like what we're gonna have, we basically have you know we have, give me give me a I need a Hispanic vacuum cleaner name. That's basically what we have if we have Machado. Yeah, and then poor Hosmer. Just, all Hosmer literally has to do. You can't see me right, but I'm just standing here with my hand up. That's all he's gonna 
have to do if we get Machado. He's just gonna have to stand there and take throws. I agree. It's gonna be so easy for him. I agree. So I, dude, I would check in on Keiko after you sign Machado. I would too. I would, I would check in on Keiko. See what it takes. I'm I really would... stunned. They legitimately haven't looked into Santana. I'm stunned because he was hurt last year. Two yeah. years ago, he's actually really good. Well, a lot of people are like, oh, hey, maybe uh, Gio Gonzalez. And Gio Gonzalez came on 97.3. What's I think it was with Cilio. Oh God. And uh, he was, he was. What the hell is he doing on there? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Maybe you sign Gio Gonzalez for a year, but that's kind of pointless because that just. I would have rather had Wade Miley than Gio Gonzalez. Wade Miley is like a poor man's Dallas Keuchel, except that you know one's more broke than the other right now. You know, I thought, <laughs> um, I thought uh, Rick RJ, so he he made a uh, he made a pretty good point today about the rotation. He's like, I don't think the rotation is going to be as bad as we all think. I think, I think it's th- got some upside in there. There is some upside. There's a lot I, of I do lefties. think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be bad. I, I think they're going to they're going to take their lumps this year. But they're be bad to mediocre. Squint, if you squint really hard, even without Keuchel, you squint really hard. You bring in like, uh, you know, you have Lucchese. Lucchese did well last year. He did fine. All right. So you have Lucchese. He had a 10 plus strikeout per nine. I like that. I like those odds. Yeah, he did fine. I'll take him. You have Lucchese. You have, um, Lo- I think Logan Allen's going to break camp with the team. I do And too. honestly, if there wasn't an innings limit or control or anything, oh, I, I think, think Paddock. Paddock. I think Paddock breaks camp with the team. But you're gonna have those guys getting innings at some point this year. Nick's had his groin issue or whatever. He, w- he, he was, was off last year. last year. He was off last year. Yeah. I'm looking for him to come back and be and be. And worst strong. case, I think worst case you could have like a nice two headed monster with. I mean, we're not even mentioning Strom yet. Yeah, that was be, gonna be the next. But worst case, let's say Nick's does have trouble. Like he can't he can't get through the you know the lineup that many times and because he's at best as a starter probably a four or five. Let's just say they go to hell with it. We're just gonna pair him and Strom. For like six innings, they're going to throw, and then we're just going to bring in the big boys. Yeah. So and you know they have work. a good defense. Yeah. You that know, could work. Or, sorry, a, a good, good bullpen. Uh, bullpen. Yeah. You and know they, they just picked bullpen. up Aaron Loop. Yeah. There's a guy on a message board that uh, they have a running gag going where how many guys, how many left-handed batters is he going to plunk? So I'm going to keep an eye <laughs> on that this year that's to fun. see if that's a legit gimmick. But I mean, Loop isn't bad. He's not a. He's a. It's kind of like when we picked up Stammen, right? Like it's like ah, eh. but then that ended up working out. But no, you're right. Like we have enough depth, and Paddock's going to come up. I do think Quantrill's going to get one last. You need to do something now. It's got to be at the major league level or you're done because he's getting leapfrogged left and right. Lamette's coming back towards the end of the year. Yeah, and I think he's going to be coming out of the bullpen. But nonetheless, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Miguel Diaz will probably be coming out of the bullpen eating multiple innings. Um, well, he's out for two months. Yeah, he's out to the end of April. Yeah, so, but I, I do see him coming up at some point closer to the second half. And then, again, Morahone, if he's healthy. Morahone's already in double A. If Morahone puts healthy innings in, my theory is... If you know. I could say Brett Kennedy with a straight face, I would say, <laughs> but I can't. No, I can't. No, 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 no. So. Let's Walker lock it up to you. Get DFA'd yet so we can bring him home? I don't know, man. No? So I don't know. They they might not be that bad next year. I think they're gonna be closer to mediocre than I think people think. Than guys like Buster Only, who clearly doesn't even read his own coworkers' uh, material. <laughs> yeah, uh, think because I I do think Lucchese is a solid like he's probably really a four, but I think on this team he's 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 not their best starter because I think that's Paddock, but. He's up there. I think he's yeah. a good number three for this team. He strikes guys out, and I think they have enough depth where they don't have to get guys to go. If they have five starters, let's say they have four starters and a piggyback, um, so I don't think you need to get more than five innings out of these guys. They have enough young arms coming up where, like, okay, Paddock, go out and give us four or five. Like you're, you're on 120 innings this year. You threw 90 last year. You're going to do 120 this year, and half of that's going to be at the big league level. Like, okay, Morhone, you're finally healthy. Great. We're not going to waste bullets in Double A. Come up and pitch like two or three inning stints. Like they have enough arms on the cusp that they can patch job their way through a full season, still get guys developed, and still have decent pitching. I mean, you know, and not 
you know, they're not throwing. Uh, I'm trying to think of guys who Brett, the Brett Kennedys, like you said, the Walker Lockets, uh, Walter Silva's of the world. Like, Walter Silva. Let's give him a shot, and here's here goes nothing. Yeah, that's yeah. So, anyways, let's wrap this up with the. With just looking at you because you have Twitter up, and I'm just. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up with some some predictions. So, yeah. one, do you think they sign Machado? Yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Dude, I really think I they, think they legitimately have a, like a 60-40 chance. I believe AJ Castavell. In Castavell, I believe. Yeah. They have the top offer. It's not it's unlikely to be topped. I'd say they have 55 chance, 60 60% chance right now. I've never felt this confident in getting a player. I mean, I, I can't even say Hosmer because it was like, oh, yeah, hey, Hosmer would be cool. Yeah, great. But, like, this changes your franchise if you bring one of these guys in. It changes your franchise. So, anyways, we talked about that for the last hour. I think they sign, I think they sign Machado. I do, too. At this point. I think, I think it's not even that they sign Machado. I think Machado picks the Padres. At this point, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they don't sign him. I'll go as far as saying that. So, what do you think the contract will look like if you had to give your best guess? Eight two eighty, with a uh, a signing bonus. I don't want to say like ten mil or anything like that, but a pretty big signing, but like like half a season's worth of signing bonus, and probably like five years deferred payments or personal service contract, whatever they call it. Well, yeah, I but mean, I'm there's... gonna say I'm gonna say eight. I think it could go three hundred. I'm gonna say eight two eighty is what I'm calling. So eight two eighty is what you're calling. I think that's I think that's what it's gonna be. Okay, so divide that. You're looking thirty-five million, yep. average annual. I okay, think, I think that's what that's what he's going to land near around. I think I think they're going to sign him. I'll say nine two seventy-five. I think they're going to go nine two seventy-five, and I think that's going to get the job done. If they go two eighty for nine, that'll get the job done. Also, what if they course. go three hundred for nine? Would you do that? Yeah, fuck yeah, I would. <laughs> Hell yeah, I would. I would do ten three hundred. Yeah. If if that magic number is three, ten three fifty, and it seems like they're dead set on hitting three, and like they want to hear three, and then they'll sign. Yeah. So if you what offer if they want them to hear ten three hundred, so. 10 300. Yeah. 10 350? Either one. Nah. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, yeah. my, my, my uh, cutoff was 35. So, yeah, yeah. 10 350. Whatever. 10 350. Okay. Whatever. I think it'll be nine. I'll say nine two seventy five. Okay, that's what I think they're going to say. Two eighty. I think, and uh, I think that's that's fair. So, anyways, uh, just once and for all, we're going to spring training March fourteenth to the seventeenth. So we'll be there in the back lots. We'll be there bright and early every day, hungover, uh, <laughs> ready to see, bloated, you. ready to see you guys. So, anyways, Danny and I both think they're going to sign Machado. I think it's done. I think it's a done deal. They're going to sign him, which fully Dude. means. Quick question: What day? What day do you think they'll sign him? I think by the end of the week. Manny and, and Manny and Harper will have a home. Well, yeah, I mean that's not really going out on a limb. No, I mean it could be. They're already in the. We, we thought they were going to sign before spring training. Today is Monday, February eighteenth. I think he signs tomorrow, Tuesday the nineteenth. Nineteen, Tony Gwynn. Sources on that. Nineteen, huh? Tony Gwynn. Uh, I saw on MLB Network. Two nineteen, my adult league career batting average. I saw on MLB Network sense. that uh, Machado's career WAR is thirty three point eight. Tony Gwynn batted three thirty eight. <laughs> In his career. <laughs> that's how he's going to make two. Yeah. They were just going to pay your career award at this point per yep. year. 33. So that's what it's going <laughs> to be. So anyways, thanks for joining us guys on this uh, Machado watch. We're going to go back to our phones again. Danny and I both think that they're going to sign. How come the cat fake gets to break news? It means that uh, our next podcast will be breaking down uh, the option of Ty France at third base oh, going into God. the 2019 season. Oh, we'll see you guys next time. We're out of here.